Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Ian Rodby, it took him up final hour of a Friday. That makes it the 25th hour of the week. Five hours a day, five days a week. You do the math. We're right here for you. Cranking it up all the way to Jim Rome, all the way till uh, Patrick Davis this afternoon. And, of course, Vandergriff football tonight. Talked to Drew Sanders yesterday. Vandergriff off to a 3-0 start. They're at Stony Point this evening. Tomorrow, of course, 4.30. It's our Texas game day pregame coverage starting from the Mockingbird Saloon. Well, all the way till the Rangers game tomorrow night in Cleveland. So we'll have that covered with Patrick and Rod. And then Rod, of course, today is going to be out at the uh, University of Texas Co-op. Yeah, me and my man Bobby Burton for the uh, On Three, uh, On Texas Football, I should say, On Texas Football live, Longhorn live stream starting at 3 o'clock. Going to be upstairs at the Co-op, probably about an hour, but just talking all things Texas football. It's going to be fun. Love it. And uh, it'll be streamed mm. if you can't make it out to the Co-op. Yes. We encourage you to do so, but it's yes. streamed on the On Texas Football channel. Part of uh, Inside Texas and their growing digital platform, which is really cool. And remember, during the game tomorrow, I'll be doing hosting oh, their yeah. uh, Watch With Us. Another one. Another one, man. We had huge numbers last week. A lot of viewers. We appreciate that. Uh, watching the game with us. It's just Think Manning cast, but it's with myself mm-hmm. and Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers jumps on and Bobby Burton and uh, all the experts there at Inside Texas. And then it's uh, just, you know, talking about what's happening in the game while it's happening, general college football talk. Mm. You know, obviously that Alabama game was, uh, you know, edge of your yeah. seat stuff all the way through. This one might get a little. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully it gets out of hand, right? We're hoping it gets out of hand. That's right. We're hoping it's very lopsided. If it doesn't get out of the Rice game, remember, it didn't get out of hand until well, yeah, late. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> what you hope, right? Um, hoping it's, a, you know, something well, that we get to see Arch because it's a comfortable lead. Yeah. And, again, that, that fourth-quarter drive ended the opportunity to see Arch last time, and you're hoping that that changes here. But, yeah, we'll see if the Longhorns come out. Uh, but Sark wants to establish some run, but the uh, passing game should be effective against the secondary. And, you know, we heard Sark talking about, you know, players-only meeting on Tuesday with Quinn Ewers and Jalen Ford kind of leading mm-hmm. the way to make sure everybody is understanding that uh, what happened at Tuscaloosa was great, but we got big, bigger business to handle. Yes, you do. Let's stay on point, and that's uh, – that's some, you know, we've, we've heard their player-led. That sounds like a player-led conversation. Hey, guys, we know that was fun. We know we're going to get a bunch of pat on the backs on the campus this week. Everybody's telling us how great we are. Let's prepare for Wyoming like we did Alabama, and let's keep this train rolling. Keep your eyes on the prize. We'll get to see that tomorrow night 7 o'clock. But you can watch with us uh, also on that on Texas Football YouTube channel on, you know, on Inside Texas. So check that out. Yeah. All right, uh, so last week, Rod, I went 3-2. and two, Ty went 3-2 and two in our big picks of the weekend. I uh, got hosed by a bad beat by Texas Tech. Gosh dang. Fumble recovery for a touchdown. Damn it. Yeah, that was me. It was me, Shannon Sharp. Dang. It's all right. It's okay, my man. Went from a one-point loss, which I was going to cover the eight, the number, and all of a sudden it's, it's over. Oh, oh, I was on the other side of that. So Yeah, you will see. Oh, there you go. You got the backdoor cover the swing, with the Vikings baby. last night, too. It's been a good – I mean, it was a rough, rough week zero, or was that week one that I – I, I think it was week. I want to say it was zero. Because I was saying the last two weeks, the last been, week, the last two, last week and this week, I've it's it's game time. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, you've I'm been on focused. Yeah. yeah, you were splitting your time between baseball and football, and then you said you were just going to focus on football. Ain't no time for that. You had no time for baseball. All right, let's it's get it. Out. Let's get it, Ty. What do you have? What's your first pick of the uh, <laughs> the big picks of the weekend, NFL or college? We're gonna do college first. Uh, I'm gonna take Kansas State. That number has moved down to four. Uh, as of this morning, so I'm gonna take Kansas State minus four against Missouri at Missouri on okay. Saturday. Yeah. Are we allowed to take the same game? Because I have I have Kansas State as one of my picks. That's, That's one of the only competitive lines, actually. You said last week we weren't allowed to pick. Okay, then I won't take it. 
I will take it. But you had first pick. I had it first, yeah. All right, I have Illinois. I got Illinois. because I, I Excuse me. No, Penn State is my pick against Illinois. I like that. Uh, Penn State's been a covering machine. They're playing at Illinois. Illinois struggled with Toledo and got beat and gave up 600 yards to Kansas mm. last Friday Dang. night. Penn State can run it, they can throw it, and they play good defense. That's how you cover 14-and-a-half-point lines. But listen, I'm not afraid of the money. I'm not afraid of the number because, listen to this, uh, with Penn State, Rod, their running back duo, Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton, they combined for 150-yard yard rushing and four touchdowns. Uh, they can throw it. This kid, Drew Aller, the big, tall quarterback, he's yet to commit a turnover. This Penn State team has shown me early. Again, they haven't really been tested, but with this kid, Drew Aller looks the real deal. If he is, I think they might be right there with Ohio State behind Michigan, you know, fighting Ohio State for to be the second-best team in the Big Ten. I think they're going to smoke Brett Bielema. Brett Bielema, with all his best players in Illinois, got drafted, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Penn State runs up a big number at Illinois. Scared money don't make money. Scared money don't make money. I ain't scared. I got I'm Penn scared. State. Okay, uh, next pick, another college game. I got Pitt. Panthers. Plus two at West Virginia. Backyard Ooh, the backyard brawl. brawl. You're taking rivalry game picks. I like that, Ty. Not afraid of it. you got to be gutsy to take them. Yes, he does. Either way. Okay. Good for you. All right. Well, Pittsburgh, that's... Who, they, they, beat, um, they beat someone good last week, didn't who? they? Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh lost to Cincinnati. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I'm still going to take Pittsburgh. <laughs> He's still taking strong, strong and convicted. Hey, they'll bounce back, though. Resilience. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I got Penn State plus 14 and a half. Uh, my next pick is also going to be in college football, and I'm going to take Duke. Uh, because I think Northwestern is awful. Uh, yeah. I think Northwestern, with all of the they – they were terrible last year. Remember, they had to get rid of Pat Fitzgerald. They are not a good football team. And this is one of those weeks where if you want to play some, you, gotta, you might have to lay a heavy number because you got really good teams against really bad teams, and the number is, is you know can't be scared of it. Also, if you can pick an underdog, but I just think Duke at home, last time they played, they beat Clemson uh, earlier this year. That defense for Mike Elko doesn't give up a lot of points. Northwestern's offense is terrible, and I think uh, this, is, this could be an under game too, but I like Duke. The line is 18. So I'm taking Duke and, and take – oh, yeah. Ooh. Okay. What's wrong with you? I mean, that's just a big number for Duke. Well, but how many points are Northwestern going to score? How many points is Duke going to score? Do you see that quarterback whenever he's begging the professor to give me give me some help here? Yeah, but how many points did they score? They scored what, like twenty seven points in that game? All right. Well, we'll see. I don't that's know. You're, you're, ta- you're taking you're taking Duke. You just okay. took a team and you know who they that they won last yeah. week. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, it's okay. Listen to you. I'm looking at the money percentages on that one. Um, but I'm gonna head to the NFL for my next pick. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Packers as one and a half point underdogs um, against Atlanta. They're getting I can't two points, right? That. They're getting two or one and a half. I have one and a half here. Now that's at Atlanta. Atlanta's been a pretty good home team. Bijan mm. and the crew, Desmond Ritter. They didn't have to do a lot last week against Carolina because yeah. they played some pretty good defense. Oh no, you're not, fi- that you're not feeling that. Packers defense is gonna. Yeah, I say I, I picked the Packers. I like that pick for Ty. I don't know why the hell the Falcons are favorites. I think it's probably <laughs> should have been a pick them. Uh, my opinion. Christian Watson and Aaron Jones were held out of practice um, yesterday okay. and the rest of the week uh, with but hamstring injuries. So I think they're. I mean, Aaron Jones was definitely the number one weapon in that Packers offense last no weekend. Yeah, um, he scored three touchdowns, didn't he? Yeah, so I think they're just accounting for that. But I think this game still it shouldn't be even close to a pick 'em. I'd take the Packers minus four or five in this matchup. Okay, I'm going to take one more big number in the end in the college football ranks, and it's going to be UTEP at Arizona. I'm going to take Arizona. If Northwestern's not the worst team, it's UTEP. <laughs> 
So I'm taking Arizona. Uh, it's another big number. I know this, but you got for me. They're nothing but big numbers, so they're all uh, big. They're all big. Yeah. <laughs> but I can take the underdog, obviously. I can take the points and, and run with it. But I'm going to take those three as favorites. I'll make NFL in my next two picks. What's your What's your next pick, Ty? I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins visiting uh, Foxborough, playing the Patriots this weekend, minus three. I think that offense is going to be too much for – um, you think about you that, know, Rod? Now, New, New England's they got a good defense. They got but. a good defense, but I'm with you. I that Van nobody had more pre-snap motion than the Miami Dolphins. So basically, they're putting defense in a bind. They're putting their the two fastest players, arguably in the league, in motion, have running starts yes. <laughs> at DBs. I mean, it's, this, it's this, that, 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 I mean, if you're going to watch a game for just the chess <laughs> match, that's the one, right? That you got Mike McDaniel and all his toys. Against Bill Belichick and yeah. what he does, you saw what Bill Belichick did to New England. New England did to Philadelphia, Philadelphia. last week. Yeah, you're right. And you know that Philadelphia offense is pretty diverse, and they did a nice job. I mean, they outscored them after falling behind sixteen nothing. Uh, they they really shut them down. That's going to be a fun game to watch. And uh, Rod, you watch that game, and then we can break it down next week because what Bill Belichick tries to do, you know, every team if it works at they all, mock, they're going to they, copy. They it. copy. Yes, they do. They're yep. going to copy what he does. Right. Totally agree with that. Yep. Because it's a copycat league, and, and everyone's trying to wonder, how do I slow that group down? Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Everybody's Hill. rooting on Bill Belichick's defensive game plan right now. <laughs> Every, everybody's got to play the Miami Dolphins. Like, please, Bill Belichick, come up with a great game plan. Please, please. Well, and you know, <laughs> since it was it's a divisional game, Belichick and his staff have been working on it all offseason. Yep. Right? I mean, Good they've point. Been, they've been working on this. You work on your divisional opponents mm-hmm. more than everybody, and they know just how talented that team is. Uh, that one, That one's salty. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is. I like yeah. that. So there. So you have the you have the Dolphins as a three point dog on the road at three point favorite. Three point favorite. A favorite. Oh, they're favorite at New England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's how that's, that Vegas thinks this Dolphins team is impressive. You're favored by three at New England. Yeah. All right. Then that. Then I'm taking New England. Thank you very Ooh, much. Thank taking you the much. other side. Yes. I like, uh, that. I like that. If you're going to give me three points with Bill Belichick at home, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that, especially off a loss. How'd that work out with the Giants last mm-hmm. week? Or, no, they played the Eagles. Mm-hmm. What's that? I'm saying then you, that, uh, was yeah, your, that was your theory on the Cowboys-Giants yeah. game last week. Mm-hmm. Three and a half. Hey. That you're correct about that. Theories don't always happen. That's why we our Sex Panther picks are right half the time. Maybe They've 60%. done studies, you know. <laughs> 60% of the time it works. All the time. time. You're damn right. All right, so we're head-to-head on that one, T.Y. That could be the tiebreaker. What's your fifth pick and final pick on our head-to-head picks on a Friday morning in the wild card fifth quarter? This is an easy one for me. I'm going to take Cleveland minus two and a half against at Pittsburgh this weekend. Pittsburgh, uh, actually, that's on Monday, sorry. Um, But they're – No. Can I roll into that? Sure, that's fine. That's fine. fine. Pittsburgh played San Francisco last week. Rod gave us a stat. Oh, yeah. Good one. In the past few weeks where – Good job, Ty. No team won after after playing – San Francisco last year, and I'm very bullish on Cleveland this year. So you two are. and a half. It opened at Cleveland plus one, and the number is now <laughs> Cleveland minus two and a half. I, uh, that's a, that's a good pick because honestly, that Pittsburgh offense, they're in trouble. I think you're kind of right about that. that Pittsburgh's that, offense uh, in trouble, guys. About the Brown, I mean, because we everybody talked about the Niners and the Cowboys and and the Dolphins and how impressive they were. It was, I mean, the, the conversation surrounding the Browns was more about the Bengals and how bad Joe Burrow was. But Miles Garrett was incredible. He was. They can cover. Ooh. Like T. Higgins had zero catches in the game. They're talking about trading him because they're not going to resign him. They're refusing to give him a number. Well, they can't they sign can't all three of them. Yeah, they well, they got Jamar this. next year, yeah. so I, I get why, but that dude, I like T. Higgins a lot. Um, it's No, it, it is amazing what they did. That, that's a great Joe, Joe Burrow game plan against him that they basically held him to his lowest QBR, I think, in his career, lowest passing yards, too, in his career. I mean, that was that was. I still need to go back and watch. I would like to watch that whole game just to see exactly what they did against Joe Burrow. But this is why I think that 
the Steelers are in trouble. Man, that offense, Matt, and Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator, right? I'll give you a stat. The Steelers' offense has now gone 36 straight games under Matt Canada without gaining at least 400 yards of offense. To put that in context for you, there have been 269 instances since 2021 where an offense has gained at least 400 yards in a game. Zero by the Pittsburgh Steelers, though. I don't, know. I don't like Matt Canada's offense. I just don't. All 36 Wasn't games. Wasn't he a Maryland at one time? He was. Remember, he was coaching when they, when they got. Black yes, sweep. <laughs> when they had their, when they dismissed their coach because the player had, you know, died in training or whatever. Uh, all 36 games of his career without going over 400 yards of total offense. He failed to score over 20 points in regulation in 27 of his 36 games. I repeat, he has failed to score over 20 points in regulation in 27 of the 36 games that he has been the coordinator and called the plays. He's getting worse. He's regressing. I don't know what why Mike Tomlin keeps him around. It's just crazy. All right. Uh, this was a bit against my better judgment because I kind of like Jacksonville getting three and a half points at home to Kansas City. They're, they're uh, you know a, more than a field goal. I think that's going to be a field goal kind of game with Trevor Lawrence head-to-head with uh, Patrick Mahomes, which is one of the best games of the week. Uh, love that game. Obviously, the Chiefs are trying to avoid going into an 0-2 hole. They'll have Travis Kelsey back, we believe, and Chris Jones. But I think Jacksonville is a really good team. And if you saw that game against Indianapolis, it was a 10-point win, but as we said, there was a kind of a fluky defensive touchdown, which was weird in that game for the Colts, or it would have been a, a more of like a 17-point game. And Calvin Ridley, uncoverable last week for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go homer here because I'm going to take the Texans at home in their home opener run. Texans at home. That's real homer. Getting a point Man. against the Colts. This is Anthony Richardson's first road game. I was really impressed with the Texans' defense and their pressure last week against uh, – uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, you know, I thought Lamar Jackson might put up a big number there. He did he not. He did not. No. Uh, the kept Texans him in check. kept him in check. They rushed the passer. I'm worried. I think this would be might could be an under game too. It might be pretty ugly with the offense. But I'm going to take the Texans. It's really just a pitch and pick 'em game right now. Houston favored by a point. But I'm going to take the Texans at home um, as a one point favorite. So give me that. And I would advise Jacksonville too. But I know Kansas City's too damn good. To lose two straight. But but getting three and a half at home is always, as I said last week, just if you do it enough, I think you're going to be a winner big picture when you're playing some games. Yeah. Playing some games. And the Texas, what is that, a one and a half point line? What's one right one now? One right now. So, it, yeah, I think it was one and a half. So it's going down. Uh, I, I brought this up earlier. Texans have been an underdog now. 25 straight games dating back to 2021. That is the longest uh, ongoing streak in the league, yeah. by the way, to be an underdog in uh, 25 straight games for the Texans. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I, one thing I saw from Bobby Slowick, their offensive coordinator this week, one of the things he said, and if you're a fantasy owner, you might want to hear this. He said, my fault, I've got to get Damian Pierce, and we got to run the football. My bad, Joe. My yeah, bad. yeah, that's what he said. He said, <laughs> we, you know, we got to run the ball. And we, yes, your offensive line is banged up in Houston, but Damian Pierce is one of your best players. You've got to run the football, and I think they're going to, you know, feed Damian Pierce in this game and try to get the run game going and see if C.J. Stroud can build off of that. One other note, there's a little bit of an injury to Noah Brown. He's out, right? The former Cowboy. That means the uh, the kid Tank Dell, third-round pick out of Houston, University of Houston, is going to play. He was electric in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, he may be a guy that can make a play for the Texans if you get him in space. So we'll watch them. And I you know, I watched Anthony Richardson last week. He's a big load, man. They they can do a lot what Jalen Hurts did, and right, it's Shane Steichen, who's the, who's the head Agreed. coach there. Yep. And he will. He's a big 200 45-pound dude, and they can do some things with him near the goal line, but he also can be forced into making some mistakes. And that's the one thing C.J. Stroud did not do last week was make a big mistake. 
Uh, he showed accuracy. He showed poise. I'm going to take the Texans in front of their home crowd to win that game. And what's going to be a pretty ugly rock fight? I mean, it'll maybe like a 16-13 kind of game, but I got the Texans. I can't wait to see what uh, Will Anderson does in this matchup because I thought he had a fantastic game one, actually. Yes. He ended up five pressures. He had five defensive stops, and he ended up with a sack. Uh, he caused a ton of issues for Baltimore's pass protection. Will Anderson, I mean, if he can – he stay on this type of pace. I mean, you're talking about winning the offense. Sorry, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, that would make a lot of, or that make a lot of Texans fans happy because some believed that he might have over, he might have picked, he might have paid too much for moving up in that draft to select Will Harris. Well, it might have been too much of a draft, uh, too much of your draft value that you gave up. Well, if you don't uh, win some games, mm. it is going to become too much, right? If the Arizona Cardinals had the first and second pick of the draft because you can't win some football games. This is a big one here. Colts is a team that you're, you know, they have a young quarterback too. Uh, they don't have Jonathan Taylor. They're in your building. That's the kind of game you got to win if you don't want to have the second pick in the draft or the first pick in the draft. Uh, by the way, uh, Jonathan Grenard, the other pass rusher on the other side, had a really good game there. Derek Stingley had a really good game last yeah, week. And they, you know, the Colts don't have the receivers that the uh, Ravens do right now. I like that matchup. For Houston, and they think Jalen Petrie is going to play in that game. The young guy out of Baylor. How about him last week? He had a bruised lung. Mm -hmm. I said they said it was a chest injury, but turns out it was like a bruised lung. Ow. Yeah. That's oh. not good. Yeah, it sounds painful. They had a lot of guys questionable, though. They beat up. They are beat up. That's one thing I'm worried about with the well, Texans. Their offensive line worries me. You're right about that. All, uh, right. All right, so Ty is in with uh, K-State minus 3.5 at Missouri. Pittsburgh, who are they playing? West Virginia in the backyard brawl. Green Bay Packers at Atlanta uh, as they're getting a point and a half on the road. Miami Dolphins in New England as the favorite by a field goal, and he likes the Cleveland Browns on Monday night. I've got Penn State, more than two touchdowns. They have Duke and Arizona in the college ranks, laying big numbers, and I like New England and Houston in the NFL. I picked all away teams, I just realized. Yes, you did. I love how Ty doesn't even consider stuff like that. He just goes kind of with his gut. Are you just looking at the money I love percentages? That he goes with his gut. No. In no, value, just one of those was a money percentage pick. All right, well, the rest of them are just my in my been in my head all week. I curate these things. Curate. Ty doesn't overthink it. He's like, I'm not that, overthinking. No, it. that's the worst thing you can do in gambling. Yeah, is overthink it. I love that you just like, nah. I, I just realized they were all road teams. Doesn't necessarily mean anything because <laughs> no, no. Because remember it's last like the girls he dates, he doesn't overthink <laughs> it. <laughs> well, last week, remember <laughs> we saw we saw the road teams in the NFL in week one go Dominate. twelve and three, right? They were like twelve and three against the spread. Yes. Road team, so it can happen. Oh, quick little nugget about your Penn State pick, though, uh, there, E. Thank you. Uh, Penn State has covered each of their last four games and six of their last seven games in which it has been a road favorite. Yes. Including like Penn State. That would be my favorite pick of this weekend because I just think Illinois. I watched them last week against Kansas. Remember, Illinois, Brett Bielema came in there. You know, the kid Weatherspoon got picked fifth overall by the Seahawks. They lost their best players to the draft. Bielema has not replaced them, I don't think, in the recruiting trail. They last week, and their defensive coordinator left to go to Purdue. I mean, we talked about it on Monday, Rod. They gave up almost 600 yards to Kansas. I know Kansas has a good offense. Kansas has a great offense. I know they do, it's but really 600 good, yards. Well, so does Penn State. It's really good, though. So does Penn State. Penn State's a power, man. Well, Penn State's got play, got better players. Uh, Kansas got you know a couple of players on offense, but it's mostly scheme. It's mostly scheme. That's why they – just Kansas. They got like one or two guys. Penn State been recruiting like gangbusters. They got 11 guys. They got dudes, NFL guys. Kansas got how many NFL guys on right. offense? Maybe one? That's what I'm saying. And they put up, <laughs> They had two guys throw for over 250 yards. No, that's what I'm telling you how good that <laughs> scheme is, though. That scheme is nasty. Well, I'm telling you how bad the Illinois defense is. I'm telling you the best two offensive schemes in the Big 12 are Texas with Sark and it's Lance Lepo's Kansas Jayhawks, mm -hmm. period. 
Period. Agreed. They have the best offenses to us in the Big 12. But to give up that many yards in a football game, you got to be pretty bad on defense. Yeah, you know, no, I'm with you. It's got to be pretty Illinois, bad. Not good. Could be a combination of them. Bad defense oh, sure. and a good offense. Well, I think the same thing happens here. Because I think you have a really good Penn State offense that's been in the 40s to 50s in both games. They yeah. haven't turned, their quarterback hadn't turned the ball over. I agree with you on that. Two great running backs, and they're playing a team that, that can't stop. I mean, they're, they're like wet toilet paper trying to play some. Like the, Dolph, the, the Vikings last night, for crying out loud, trying to stop the uh, Eagles' run game. Yeah, the Penn State has basically covered in, uh, in the last four road games where they've been double-digit favorites they've covered. So there you go. All right. Good well. trend for you. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we go. Our trend is to go behind the burnt orange curtain and talk Texas football uh, as often as we can. We'll do that coming back. Also, some what's popping picks of the weekend, things we're watching maybe not related to football or maybe football. That'll be before the end of the hour. It's Ian Rodby on a Friday. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I wonder if that was Big Boy, but Ty says, no, that's not Big Boy. It's a big well, it's old school. Plug. No, it's new. Is it? Yeah. But it, the beat's old school. The, book, the beat's like from the 70s or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, every, yeah. every song is, no, it's like, it's it's been like, sampled. No, I have the song on my phone. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, it's, old, it's an old song. Yeah, it's a real really song. That. Yeah. Now, it's Big X the Plug, who will be uh, at ACL this year. Right? Nice. I like that. Dallas rapper. Yeah, I like this beat, though. This beat's great. It is cool. Yeah. Okay, so uh, busy day. We've had a lot to do. Somebody texted us and said, you know, on these days when there's a bunch of one-sided lines, always seems to be an upset. That's true. Some one of these one of these you know big upset teams, one of these you know heavily favored teams, going to get upset in this week. You think uh, so? I think so. I don't know which one that is. It just happens. Like there's always one Saturday where there's just a ton of upsets. I don't mm. think that's this one, and that usually happens in October. So, yes, a little bit. Usually a little bit later on in the season. This one is kind of handle your business Saturday in college football, without a doubt, with all the – what was the stat you gave us about the number of – Oh, here it is. I'll give it to you. Um, so 15 of the 23 ranked teams playing Saturday are either facing an FCS opponent and or favored by at least 24 points. The only ranked teams favored by seven points or fewer are Kansas State at Missouri and Tennessee at Florida. Oh, I forgot about the Tennessee-Florida game. Uh, yeah. That's the only one. Oh, you want? Oh, you want to go back on the picks? No, I do not. No, I do not. I don't. Uh, I haven't seen much of Tennessee. We know Joe Milton's their quarterback. He's a good player. But by the way, we have breaking news. Breaking news from uh, the world of college football. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and break it, Rod. Looks like uh, the the yeah. It's being reported by CBS Sports, and I want to pronounce this. And I believe Will Backus is the one who's re- uh, reporting at CBS Sports. There, this is the. I'll read the excerpt. There is an expectation around the Alabama football program that Tyler Buckner may replace Jalen Milrow as starting quarterback for the Crimson Tide's Week Three game against South Florida. Reports Bama twenty four seven in exclusive VIP post. He's a Notre Dame transfer, for those who don't know. So Tommy Reese was formerly the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, so you do have that connection uh, and that familiarity. Okay. There you go. Uh, and there was mm-hmm. there was kind of chatter, and I think if you watched Nick Saban's postgame, he kind of alluded that he, that he was considering you know, making a quarterback change last Saturday when yeah. Jalen Milrow was turning the football over. 
But then, in the, remember, in late in the game when he hit, went on that hit quick that, drive. He hit, he hit that quick shot, that deep shot. I don't know which one that made a change. But you're right. They probably thought, ooh, man. Because when he hit the deep shot, I mean, they t- ended up taking the lead. Yeah, 16-13 at one ended point. Ended taking the lead, yeah, late in the game. And it's like uh, that was third quarter. And so he felt like maybe he had a little bit of a hot hand. But, yeah, the big mistake to Jaron Thompson was a, was a backbreaker for them. But he won the job. So my thing was to Tyler Buchner, who, Tyler Buckner, excuse me, who 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 knew the system, right? It's he, so he knows the system because Tommy Reese is coming in, but it's the Alabama system. But Tommy Reese is going to put his own spin on it, his cover version of the Alabama system. If Jalen Miro won that job initially, and remember it was really tight because even down to the uh, the week before the season started, they still didn't know the starting quarterback was going to be. I just wonder if man Jalen Miro was the best option. If you didn't have separation at all during the preseason, and maybe that's the big issue, the Shakespearean flaw with Alabama this season is they really don't have a quarterback. Like, that could be the issue. They don't have one. If Jalen Mirrors was the best option at the time, then maybe now going to Tyler Buckner, they really don't have one. And he's not very good either. He's not, but I think they're going to get him to run the Notre Dame system because I don't know if Nick Saban trusts either of these quarterbacks running the Bama system on offense. Because you need to run the, the latest Bama system, the ones that Sark ran and Lane Kiffin implemented in Depot. Those are different Alabama systems, and they need a quarterback to run them. This ain't the old Alabama where you had when you played Texas in 2009. And who was the and quarterback? Greg McElroy threw yeah, like that, ten balls yeah. that entire game. Exactly, like that. You don't have that group where you throw nine to ten passes the whole game. This is that is not the same system. So I just wonder maybe they'll go back to Tommy Reese's system now and go, "Hey, Tommy, run your system with Tyler Buckner, and we'll just play defense around it." Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Uh, more good stuff coming because the Longhorns are playing tomorrow night, seven o'clock against the Wyoming Cowboys. Pair of two and O teams. Longhorns are a four touchdown favorite. Let's go behind the BOC. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind that curtain? All right, media uh, media availability for Sark yesterday. He spoke about a number of different topics. Um, he actually um, spoke about the offensive line. Actually, first he was asked about. The rotation happening on the offensive line at the guard position between DJ Campbell and Cole Hudson. Both of those guys played in the Alabama game. Um, here's Sark when he was uh, talking about DJ Campbell and Cole Hudson and how both of those guys are contributing in that rotation at guard. I'm okay where we're at right now. Like you said, they both played well Saturday night. Um, you know, I, I think for both of them, it, it might it's not the worst thing that they're rotating a little bit in DJ. This is kind of his first real experience playing um, for Cole coming off of, you know, some off season surgeries and, and getting his, getting his body in shape. And in the end, you know, the, there's no telling other things could happen on the offensive line where injuries and different things potentially could occur down the road. And both those guys are getting really valuable experience and they're both maximizing their opportunities when they're on the field. So I'm okay right now uh, with where we're at and then we'll just continue to monitor that situation as we go. Uh, first world problems, E. I mean, when you've got basically two starting caliber guards and you're just trying to figure out situationally matchup wise which one of them is going to give you the best chance to be successful that is a first world problem for texas um especially considering they returned all their starters from last season and you're just looking at upgrade potentially at that position but i love the fact that you now have six starting offensive linemen you usually want to look for eight guys you can rotate but having six guys you consider to be starting caliber linemen first world problem yeah, uh, and that's what you want in competition, right? I mean, yep. who, who, who's going to grade out better? 
You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And that puts everybody, you know, those two players you know, on point, right? I mean, if, if I don't grade out better him, I might not play because, you know, you know what this is all about. This is about getting you ready for conference play. Exactly um, right. Conference play starts next week, and you're on the run where you're playing, you know, Baylor and then that Kansas team you talked about with that great offense, and then you're playing, you know, Oklahoma in three weeks. So, yes, who's going to grade out? And if you have to rotate and to get the maximum out of both of them, then, then that's fine too. It is a first-world problem. The Longhorns have as many as eight guys who could play up front. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this, too. I know you got more cuts to play. I said it in my headlines. Longhorns through two through games, what, part of winning a championship is staying healthy. Knock on wood, they've stayed. When you only got two guys on your on your injury report right now and both are game day decisions, mm-hmm. cross your fingers that continues because that's you, – you know this too, Rod, that to win a championship you got to get some luck too. Injury and keep luck. keep some key guys healthy. Yep. And so far the Longhorns have. It's only two of, two of 12, but – that's uh, it's a good place to be right now. Three, three going into week three. Yeah, one of those injuries, obviously, at the running back position with C.J. Baxter, the freshman, um, end up starting the first game of the season. So he won that job, um, but he's gotten hurt in the first two games. Hadn't of the finished. Season. He started yeah. both. Hadn't finished. Had he exactly started both of the games and had to leave both of those games early uh, because of injury. So he's got he's going to be a game time decision. And if I'm sorry, I don't even know if you want to risk it considering the first two games of the season he's had to leave early. But Sark was asked about the run game overall. And obviously, C.J. Baxter's health is going to affect the run game. But he was asked about what he wants to accomplish in the run game versus Wyoming. Here's Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, I think at the end of the day for us from a run game standpoint, I want to see consistency, uh, you know, and with consistency comes a level of physicality. Um, we, we've got to we have to move people off the line of scrimmage and um you know, I just don't think that we've been quite consistent enough in that aspect of our game. Um, again, I love the fact that we were able to run the ball the way that we did with seven minutes to go and run it when when Alabama knew we were going to run the ball. But I sure would like to have that mentality in the first quarter of a game and and to go out and, and run the football the way that I think we're capable of. So when you talk about making improvements, uh, that's definitely one of them for us where I think we can improve as a football team. Um, but that goes hand in hand with our ability to pass the football as well, that we, we need to find that balance on, an, on our offense um, because that's when we're at our best. He's right. That's when Texas is at its most dangerous and most lethal is when all of the, the threats on offense uh, are you know presenting the defense with that mathematical equation that they cannot solve. Can't stuff the box with eight men, can't load the box, can't double X men, A.D. Mitchell and J.T. Sanders all at the same time. But the, the question that I have, it's not going to be answered till game day, is when Texas plays against Wyoming, will they be stubborn? about the run game early on. The strength of Wyoming's defense is their defensive front. Easton Gibbs is the preseason selection to be the defensive player of the year in that conference. He's a middle linebacker for Wyoming. Uh, They got Braden Siders and Devon Harris as their defensive ends. Uh, Those guys are really good veteran defensive ends. Nate Godbout is one of their defensive tackles, who's actually a really good player. Jordan Bertignol is also another defensive tackle. That's where their, their veterans are. That's where their best players are. They've admitted that their secondary is a weakness and that is a work in progress pretty much and they've been you know working on this thing all offseason they're still working on it right now that lines up or matches up with the strength of Texas's offense which is their passing game AD Mitchell X-Man JT Sanders and Quinn Ewers Jay Witt as well and I don't see how you know I don't see how most teams in the Big 12 in Power 5 conferences even Alabama can match up across the board with Texas skill talent let alone Wyoming so I could see Sark trying to Lay some haymakers early on Wyoming and then maybe get that cushion and then 
start to solidify the consistency in the running game. I could see that early, too. Well, because you know the strategy of your opponent is going to be to shorten this game, move the chains. It's the same thing Rice did. Rice couldn't move the chains, right? Rice couldn't even get first downs nope. uh, in week one. But that's going to be the same same game plan here and shorten this game. And if you come out hard-headed and have a couple three and out because you're trying to run the football, well, you're playing right into their hands. Oh, exactly. Game will slow down and they can burn clock. And it's going to take you longer to score if you're just running the football. I'm not saying you won't be able to run successfully. You can, but you'll take longer to score, which also is what Wyoming wants. So once you take a long time to score, um, then maybe they can kind of keep it close enough to make it interesting. I think Texas will come out, you know, with bombs away early on. You'll see some shots early on. And if, if the shots don't work, they'll back up Wyoming. And then, Wyoming, then the running game will get some breathing room. So I think that's what you'll get. Uh, all right, uh, last cut here. Before we get to the break, this is probably the most uh, important uh, piece of audio and the most important message that Sark had coming out of the media availability. He was asked, of course, about how you are going to uh, change your messaging to uh, communicate to the players that now we have to worry about handling success because you had such a tremendous result, a great game, a great win, one of the greatest wins in Texas football history. Uh, versus Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So now everybody is talking about how great Texas is, projecting Texas and predicting them to go to the college football playoff and win the Big 12 and go undefeated and all these really grand prognostications about Texas football based off of that win. And now it's about st- staying focused, crystallizing the focus, and and, and, and really con- uh, recommitting yourself to the day-to-day in the process. So here's Sark about the messaging that needs to change about how these guys are handling success. Well, I think it's, I think that's exactly why we, we want to have that mentality. I, I think naturally a, we're the university of Texas, which I've, I've talked at length about, and we naturally have a, a target on our back week in and week out. We know we're going to get everybody's best shot. Now add that with you end up, you end up in a top five. Now there's just more added incentive to attack us. I think that the key to the drill is we have to make sure that our opponents feel like they're being attacked uh, by us. And, um, I love that our players have adopted that and have, and have bought into that mentality um, because that's the mindset that, that you have to have. We have to ensure that our opponents get our best shot. And if, and if that's good enough, great. If it's not, then back to the drawing board. But as long as we work with that mentality and then, and then go play that way, uh, I feel very comfortable and confident in our ability to go into a game and, and play at a high level. There you go. John Wick mentality, what he was referring to there. Can I admit something to you? Yeah. After all these shows we've done together now? Go ahead. I've never seen John Wick. Never seen any of them? Not one. Uh, four Me of either. them. I've seen I haven't seen any a of them. A few clips. And I, I even quote it now, like I have. I have not seen I have to be completely candid. It? It's a guy movie. I guess like a dude movie. I understand. The, I guess I get I mean. Yeah, they're, they're trying to kill John Wick. That's basically the premise of it. That's, right, I get it. Yeah, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not going to say you got to see John Wick. Is that Keanu Reeves? That's Keanu Reeves, yeah. But I think the guys, if you've seen any of the movies, you understand why they have the John Wick mentality because John Wick is being hunted, but instead of him always being hunted, he flips the script, and he's hunting the hunters. And everybody keeps asking him if he's back, kind of like Texas football. Are you back? Are you back? Do we like the trend in Hollywood that they – because it used to be like just badasses got to be badasses, right? They were just like – 
Steven Seagal, and they had uh, they Arnold were, Schwarzenegger. They were typecast, though. Right. And now yeah. it's like everybody can be a, but everybody can be that Liam, dude. Like, Liam like, Neeson, Matt Damon. Well, yeah, Liam Neeson's a big dude. <laughs> Liam Neeson could do it. Matt Damon Matt could do Damon. It. Little Keanu, Matt Damon. Keanu Reeves. No, you're right. That Keanu, now, even Denzel Washington in the yep. 70s can be the enforcer, baby. Yeah, you're right. Everybody, you can be, anybody can be an action movie star now. Tom Cruise can yeah. be uh, you're right. Jack Reacher. That's a great point, man. Little it's, old guy. It's a new thing. It used to be, yeah, basically, like you you were an action movie star, and that's what you were. Yeah, yeah. You were, you know, you were, uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's what he did. Like you said, Steven Seagal. That's what you did. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. You're an action movie star. That's what you do. It's all you do is yeah. action movies. And now you're right. Now these guys are they're deciding. You know what? I I want like Chuck Norris. You're the Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris or you're the not. same way. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what Bruce Lee was, right? He's like he's like yeah. action movie star. But you're right. Now they've I guess they they've tried to di- diversify. Uh, you know their roles, and now the guys like Matt Damon and tr- some of the greatest act- A-list actors in Hollywood. Now they want to be action movie stars too. They want to add that to their resume. Yeah, so, so maybe, maybe it's because like uh, I, I can't make like, so much money though. But like the guy that was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, now this John Wick badass. I'm like, come on, man. No, I get it. They're actors. They can act like. No, nah, but you're right about that. I didn't think about it. You're right now the old man becoming an action yeah, movie and star. They're is pretty a good. Thing. They're great. I love. I love the Equalizer. It's got a new Equalizer coming out too. I know. I think it's been the number one movie. There's also the guy. What? Oh, they made uh, hmm. Ben Affleck got to do that too. And what? The Accountant. Yeah. And you know what? Now, strange enough, you bring this up. They are actually mocking that new genre because they have to call the Expendables. Have you seen this? Uh-uh. The Expendables is basically all the action movie heroes from any action movie, probably in the last 20, 30 years, and they just put them in a movie. They got Wesley Snipes in there, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. Uh, what's Jason Statham's in it? Basically, oh, yeah. every action. I, I won't say now in the new one, what's the, man, wasn't the Rock in it? They got somebody else new in it too. They threw like another person in there. Oh, I won't say Fifty Cent's in the new one. Oh, <laughs> like Fifty Cent is randomly the new Expendables because they're they're basically mocking exactly what you're talking about. It's like, what are these old guys in action movie? What are you an old action movie hero? You're like seventy yet you're whipping all these twenty year olds. They're like assassins. <laughs> Denzel's done it a couple times. He did it in Man on Fire and now it's the Equalizer. Ooh, now Man on Fire, I'll I'll that's say that's an movie. exception because that's a remake. And that was a great movie. And it was a great. I like the remake better than I like the original. I do too. Yeah. I do too. This is yeah. a great film. Oh, it's a great movie. Right, That's we, one of ones I watch when there's nothing else on. Oh, I'll turn it on in the so background cool and I'll just let Man well, on Fire a, play while I take naps and I do research. You know, it's such an interesting, you know, the, the soundtrack's great. The oh, filmmaking is this, fantastic. It's, uh, creative. I love that movie. All right, we'll come back. Speaking of what we love, what's popping? What's popping? It's coming next. Because what do you say, Ty? If you don't have haters, you ain't popping. That's true. We're back. <laughs> Where are we popping? What's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass it like Stockton. Just joshing. I'm gonna spend this holiday locked in. My body got uh, What is popping to wrap up the uh, week of Ian Rodby? Hook him up. We already gave our uh, picks head to head. Ty and myself. Ty, do you have a favorite pick this weekend? Cleveland. Cleveland again, back to back weeks. He's riding the Browns. Dog path. But that won't pick. That won't come in until Monday. So should I pick? I, yeah. Okay. Here, I'll give you a college football. My favorite college football game beyond. Since Cleveland was an extra pick last week, I'll give you an extra one. North Carolina minus six. I like Minnesota. That. Okay. Against the Gophers. Yeah, Drake May, baby. No. They, Mike, they Mike. had a tough Appalachian State game was scary last week. Appalachian State scares everybody every year. Yeah. They that's, do that's that. always a good that's game. That's what they do. Appalachian State, yeah. man, yeah. up in the Robert mountains Reed. of North Carolina. Yeah. They, they're just a tough hard, and they get good, good, great athletes there, too. Also, so, yeah. uh, popping for me this weekend, Rod, I know everybody watching football. Baseball, don't forget Astros at Astros. Kansas City this weekend. 
Rangers are in Cleveland to take on the Guardians, and uh, every game matters now. Uh, the Rangers had a great week in Toronto. They swept all four games. They did to Toronto. Remember what the Astros did to the Rangers in that series Ooh, when they outscored them? them like 40-10? to 10? Yeah. Uh, Rangers did that to the Blue Jays. Beat them four straight times, 9-2. Uh, to two. Corey Seager is making a case and a run at the uh, MVP in the American League. He's been outstanding. Uh, so the Rangers are in Cleveland, Houston and Kansas City. Seattle hosts the Dodgers. And obviously we'll see where the dust settles on Monday. Also get out to the Dell Diamond. They'll be popping this weekend. They've got three big games with the Vegas Aces. Uh, that's a big game for the Pacific Coast League. Second half standings. The Express dropped both games of a doubleheader last night. So they need some wins over the weekend. Obviously we'll keep you posted on Monday of how it all falls. Or get out there and enjoy a fireworks Friday tonight. Uh, or any of the games this weekend at Dell Diamond. The weather has cooled down finally and uh, should be a nice night and weekend for baseball. Also, Q2 State will be popping on Saturday, uh, Sunday night, Rod. They take on the Portland Timbers and what jo- Josh Wolf calls a must-win game. Basically said to his team, if you guys want to make the postseason, we got to have this game at home. We, we, we haven't had three points since July. And they're tenth. They're still within yeah. striking distance with seven matches left, but they got to start winning some matches. Uh, we knew this would happen, but man, Dion, he already did it. Apparently, he's got all of his players some sunglasses, some shades, and I got a feeling we might see him on Saturday. The whole team got shades from the equipment staff, so that's a little shot at Jay Norvell, who says uh, he he was taught as a grown man when you're talking to adults to take your hat off and take your shades off. So, Dion. By the way, Dion did an interview just now. Everybody's out. Yeah, his sixty minutes interview is up too. Well, did well this morning, <laughs> we know college game days in Boulder. So this morning, the ESPN, that live morning show with Stephen A. Smith, they were live in Boulder. Pat McAfee was live in Boulder. And they did an interview, sit-down interview with Dion at the desk. And it was uh, Shannon Sharp, Nick, uh, what's his name? Stephen Nick, A. Smith, yeah. whoever the lady is that hosts that show. And they were all wearing sunglasses with Dion. But can I say this? This is popping. If you Google Dion Sanders. Okay, Google mm-hmm. Deion Sanders. Guy's accomplished a lot in his life. I'll let you tell the people what's the top thing you see. The top thing I see, Deion Sanders. You Google him. Well, I just did it a minute ago, and it gave me his 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 own sunglasses line. No, it didn't. Yes. No. As one of those advertisements. He's got the sunglasses line. Yes, too? he does. See, I didn't even know that, but now Jay Norvell just made him a lot of money too. Yes. Because he probably gave his team his sunglasses then. Yes. It probably was his own sunglasses. It's probably that he his gave line to his son. of sunglasses. Wow, this dude, man. You know he's going to have the merchandise with the it's personal on there, and that's going to sell out of all the stores at Colorado. And he's already got the, his own merchandise, the prime stuff. Oh man, this dude is just. And maybe he that gives me more genius. ammo to your conspiracy theory. Maybe he did call Jay Norvell. That's and say, hey, saying. my brother. Hey, come on, man. I just need I will you. Take, I mean, we'll take. We'll play it up. Yep. Just hey, man. We got to promote this thing. It's gonna help me and you. We're gonna have the highest rated, most watched college football game of the weekend. And they're gonna be talking about you when you go out there and perform. It's basically a bet on yourself scenario. He's like, Dion's like, hey man, I can I can get the world to watch us. They're you got to control. You only you can control how your team plays when the world is watching. This is uh, Blenders Eyewear, wow. the world's coolest and most affordable eyewear. Shades meant for extreme sports, founded on fun, designed and adventure, and it says uh, Blenders X Coach Prime. Wow. <laughs> Whoa, this dude is playing chess, and all of us are playing checkers. We're playing Connect Four. This dude was playing straight up chess, is, man. Look, look, Whoa! Look, look, there it is—the pr- coach, the coach prime line. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie; those look like the ones he was handing out to the team. And they look like the ones he was wearing against TCU and against <laughs> Nebraska. 
this dude is next level market. That's what I'm saying. My conspiracy theory, he's reaching out to these coaches. He's telling them, dude, give me something. We'll make this the biggest game of the weekend. Look I just need Look you to talk a little smack. Sunglasses. Prime. 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 Come on, man. That dude, he's a marketing genius. You imagine him and Jerry Jones. That's why Jerry Jones loves Dion. They think the same. <laughs> oh. They think the same. Well, Jerry Jones is the one that convinced <laughs> NFL owners to start selling, making money in your own stadium. <laughs> Quit he did. Sharing it he all. sued the NFL to do right. it. Like, nah, man. We'll make my money. Now they're all thing. raking in dough. Wow. Yeah. Hey, uh, Rod, ha- we'll see you tomorrow over at Mockingbird Saloon. Yes, also sir. The- You'll be on the drag twice this weekend. Oh, yeah. I'm going out there at 3 o'clock today. Drag rat this weekend. You'll be at the co op <laughs> today at 3. Mockingbird Saloon tomorrow. Get on out there and get on out there. Uh, right, get ready for Texas, Wyoming. We'll be talking about it on Monday. All the college and pro football of the weekend. Five hours will not be enough Monday morning, but we will certainly be here at 6 a.m. Miss any part of the show today? Any day. Go back and listen to it on the podcast. Also, follow us on all our social medias. We're always dropping little nuggets and segments of the show. It's always fun to keep up with the Hook'em Up program that way as well. Ty, have a good weekend, my friend. Stay safe. Get your belly right. I will. I'm feeling good now. I'd be safe. Hey, y'all, be careful out there, please. Uh, Be part of the solution, not the problem. We'll talk Monday at 6 a.m. Enjoy the sports weekend.